Hey, thanks for checking out the Airborne Youth Podcast. This week you'll be hearing a teaching from Dylan Krause. Can you really win even when you are losing? Can you really win in every situation? Come on. And one of the, the one of the like strongest quotes, like even is in the trailer in the views, um, that came out this last Rocky movie is: "It's not about how hard you hit; it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward." Come on! But literally, was Jesus winning when he died on the cross? Why? Because he saved everybody's sins. Because he was at a different perspective, right? He was like way up here, like, oh yeah, that's okay. You can you can kill me because this is actually just God's plan. Well, what does that look like for your everyday life? Let's talk about it a little bit. Okay. When you have when you have any kind of a game or a race, right? Like we're talking football, NASCAR, Kev. You know, we'll just throw that out there for him today. Motocross, you know, like it's a pretty awesome sport. You guys should all try it or at least watch it. And it's like, what, NFL, first person to score wins, right? Right? No, that would be stupid, right? Because, no offense, babe, the Buffalo Bills could play the Denver Broncos, you know, just to say, maybe. And they could come out and score the first touchdown. But you know Peyton's not done. He's going to go ahead and score like 49 points, and it's, it's, they're going to win the game in the end, of the, the end of the day. So it's not always about what you're doing to win. It's about how you respond, right? It's about how you respond. It's about how you respond to what the other team is doing in their attack or their game plan, right? You hearing me? Life is a lot more about your response to life than it is about your game plan. You can have a game plan. This is another rocky moment. You can have a game plan, Zach. Come on, stand up here. We're going into box. As soon as I clock you in the face, that game plan went right out the window. That thing is gone. You just got smacked. Now it's all about how hard you can get hit and keep going. Now it's about how much you can, how well you can respond to what's happening, what's in your face. You hearing me? That's how you win in every situation. Okay? So much of life is like that, like this in general. I just want to say, even salvation is like this, right? That I love God because he first loved me. My love for him is only a response to him loving me. That the only thing that is required for me, right? We talked about this last week up here too, is what? To believe in the one whom God sent, right? Is to believe that his love is clearly on display to me and Nate and Darwin and Veronica and Jordan and all of y'all. Because while I was still in my sin, while I was still filthy and dirty and alone and broken and needy and having no hope, he came to me and rescued me. Okay? And my response, 
My yes is the only thing he requires. So the, the most monumental decision in your life, the decision to receive God is a response to something he already did. You feel me? And life just happens like that too. Look, winning this theme that we're talking about this month is a lot attached to like the concept of outreach, okay? And reaching people for God. Do you realize, do you know that like so many, so much of the gospel was written out of Jesus' right response to the world around him and not so much his strategy to go take the world over? Bro was just sitting at a well, thirsty, middle of the day, waiting. Then some Samaritan woman who would have been known as a whore or a prostitute walks up and he says, hey, could you get me a drink of water? And she's like, uh, hello, you're not supposed to be talking to me. I'm not good enough to talk to you. Um, you don't really realize that no one else is here for a reason, right? That all the good people don't come to the well in the middle of the hottest part of the day because that's when everybody who's unaccepted by society comes here because it's the worst time of day to go pump the well or pull the well bucket up. And Jesus is just hanging out like winning. I don't care about that. That's all right with me. Can I have a drink of water? And she's like, oh. Okay, and so he starts talking to her just out of response to meeting some prostitute, literally. And in this moment of meeting this woman at the well, it's John chapter 4, she starts talking to him and he tells her, if you would just ask me, I would give you living water. And she's like, where are you going to get this living water? Are you greater than the people who dug this well? And he said, for sure I am. And then all of a sudden, the son of God is revealing himself to a prostitute in the middle of a day at a well. This is like, I don't know, this is like going out back of, what's that place called? I don't know, the strip club downtown and just hanging out waiting for the girls to come out during the middle, during, after their shift at like 10 in the morning or whatever. Be like, hey, could you got a drink of water? Like, would you expect to find Jesus in the back of Savannah's at the dumpsters when the chicks come out the back door? No, you would not expect that because we have a totally different concept of Jesus than who he really is. That's why it's so great and so fun to have him reveal himself to us every single day. Because there's more of him than I know. Yes! I'm so excited about that. Because I would be so bored by now if it wasn't true. And so he... He tells her all this stuff. He says, so where's your husband? And she goes, well, sir, I don't have a husband. And he says, yeah, you're right. Because the guy you're living and sleeping with right now ain't your husband. And the last five guys you slept with weren't your husband either. And she's like, oh, oh my gosh. Guy's packing heat. Dude is for real. And what does she do? She goes to her village where she's not accepted somehow gets the attention of the people and says, come, come and see the man who told me everything I've ever done. 
Jesus' response to a woman he should have never talked to, that the, the religious leaders of his time would not have even have given the time of day to. And Jesus is the one who just in normal life is responding to a woman out of who he is as God, the nature of God. Loving her, honoring her, giving her mercy, not judgment, and showing her the truth about who she is. And calling and pulling her up, right? Not condemning, pushing down, but convicting, pulling up to who she really is. And she goes and, and tells everybody, greatest outreach strategy ever. <laughs> Jesus being Jesus. Say, Jesus, come and be Jesus through me. Yeah. That's really good. You know what else happened? So one of those times when it was an actual like outreach moment where he would go and he's like just rolling through and then all of a sudden there's crowds of like 5,000 people gathered together. And so he does outreach, right? He does a food drive. He does a missions trip. He does a coach drive for the homeless in the wintertime. He does an all-night camp out at night in cardboard boxes to raise money. I've done all these things. At my homeless camp out in the cardboard box, we caused an accident because we were raising signs and telling people to give us money, and two cars came and <laughs> crashed headfirst right into each other. We were like, <sighs> dropped our sign and walked away. Dropped the sign and walk away. Literally just happened, like two cars head-on collision. It was not good, but whatever. We just rolled out. I mean, the pastor stayed and cleared it up, but it was really crazy. But so anyway, Jesus is on outreach doing his whole, you know, like just, I'm just saying the things that we think about as outreach, right? The things that we all do as like church people or whatever, we're going to do this drive and we're going to go do this missions thing. And we're going to go do this and this. And all of a sudden the missions trip is over. The outreach seminar is over. The church service is over. The teaching moment is over. And the disciples come and they go, hey, these people hungry, man. These people over here hungry. And Jesus is like, okay, give them something to eat. And then one of the greatest miracles in history happens when five, what is it? Two loaves and six fishes or something? Five, that's what I said. Five loaves and two fishes. I don't have my degree yet, Ben. <laughs> anyway, gets multiplied enough to feed over 5,000, right? Because it was only 5,000 men. And then there was women and children on top of it. And then they go and collect 12 baskets of, of leftovers. And it was not the plan, Right? It was a response to a need and being aware of who their God is, being aware of who his father was, right? He said, I don't do anything unless I see the father doing it. Do you know that that doesn't necessarily look like, okay, my friend just asked me if I should go out with this girl. Jesus, show me a vision. It looks a lot like being attached, being anchored to, being aware of the, the God in you and what his nature is like. It's, it's a lot to do with our whole last month's theme, right? Being in his face to the point where you know him and you know that he knows you and you know that he's in you so that everything you have need of in wisdom and peace and truth and all that stuff is accessible to you and you just enter into that. You access it and you become, become like this ambassador of Christ that you are 
to your friend in a moment, boom. And all of a sudden you have wisdom and counsel and it's all out of the nature of love and honoring your friend and not going, dude, you ain't good enough for her because you secretly like her too. No, you respond in love and in honor and you give him wisdom because you know that's the God who's in you, okay? Yeah. Yeah, and I just, I guess I want to say that the people that are winning the most in their response to everyday life. Cause literally like your outreach and your representation of God is going to come 95 to 99.9% in your life where you're responding to friends, teachers, parents, street people, the guy at the red light, the person who steals your candy, the guy who smudges your Puma, These are so white, man. How are you going to do me if I just... (laughs) See? It's about... how That's 90... I would say 95 to 99.9% of your outreach, of your representation of Christ, is how you're responding to the people around you all the time. Jesus didn't travel more than what, like... 300 miles or 30 miles or something crazy. He didn't go on no international missions trip. He loved the people that were right in front of him. This is all available to you, and it's about how you're responding. Okay, so the key is then what? What are you aware of? Right? Our whole last month's theme was all about, was called in your face, and it was because it was about being in God's face to the point where we see him for who he is and we enter into the requirement of us, right, we talked about last week, is believing it. That's the only thing that's required of us is that we believe the God, who he, who he says he is, he is. Not, who, not even who I say he is necessarily. Not based on, like, what my, like, perception or twisted, like, idea of him. But no, if he says he's good, I believe that you're good. And then it manifests in your life. Okay? And then you become aware of that. You become aware of the limitlessness of your God, and all of a sudden your response is based on that. You're not responding in lack. You're not responding in fear because there's always more than enough of God who's full of love, full of mercy, full of grace, and he just starts coming out of you. And these people who are aware of it are the ones who are spending time in his presence, are spending time at home, right? Because this is where we belong, in your presence. It's a lifestyle. Awesome. Okay, so some really simple, basic stakes in the ground, some anchors to have. Are you aware of him? Right? What is truth? Does he love you? These are all questions you can answer in your heart as I'm saying them. Are you being humble? Like in your responses, okay? This is in your response. Are you aware of him? 
What is the truth when you're responding? Does he love you? Are you humble? Are you loving them, right? Colossians talks about being clothed and actually cloaked in love. And are you honoring them? Check this out, last verse. Then Ben's gonna come talk a little bit too. Um, Just to like highlight this whole um, heart and the nature of our God, okay? This is a story about Jesus when he called Matthew to come follow him. And Matthew was a tax collector. It says, this is Matthew chapter nine. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth and said, follow me and be my disciple. So Matthew got up and followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to go to his home as his dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. But when the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? Ugh, gross. When Jesus heard this, he said, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. Quote, I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know they are sinners. This is the nature of our God. This is the nature that's within you to respond in love to life happening around you. Okay, I have come not to call the ones who think that they're righteous, but the ones who know they're sinners. Because it is like that verse I read or, or said earlier, that Romans um, chapter three, that while we were yet sinners, he died for us. This is how I know he loves me. Because while I was still dirty and unclean, he died for me. This was God's response to my sin. This podcast was recorded live at a Wednesday night youth meeting. To find out more, check us out on Facebook and Instagram by searching Airborne Youth.